Welcome to Metaphysical Soul Speak, the podcast. I'm your host, Elena Fox. Hey guys, I hope you're doing really well in this moment in time and that whenever and wherever you happen to be in this world of delights and disasters, (laughs) I hope that you are able to navigate the sometimes clear and sometimes murky waters of this world of polarity as you rise above it and become lacklustered (laughs) towards the bipolarities of this world. And I hope that you're able to navigate through all these ascension energies that lift you up above it so that you can go into union with your higher self union with your twin flame, whether they're incarnate in a physical body or not, and union with yourself, with your male and your female divine counterparts within your person. I hope that you're able to balance yourself and get through it as these energies have been bombarding us like crazy lately. We were hit full force by a massive CME yesterday. We were hit with solar winds yesterday. And when it happened, I just started feeling hot as hell. I mean, just on an energetic level, I felt energy in each of my cells, especially in my spine, even in my archangel group, several of the archangels started to say, yeah, my wings ache. We have our wings in upper realms because the pattern for the archangels are here with us now. Even though we're in a physical human form, we don't have our wings on us now, but when we're in the higher realms, we have this energy pattern. It's there on our backs. Whether or not we have wings all the time or not, I don't know. But I feel mine and it just feels like my right wing is aching. (laughs) They're both aching, but the right wing a little more so. And I had not expressed it to anybody. And somebody in the Archangel group, Archangel Remiel said, you know, my right wing is aching like hell and my whole back hurts but I feel like it's my wing, like in the upper realms. Somebody else piped in and said, yes, yes. (laughs) The Archangel of time, Eumania DL, she said, you know what? I'm feeling it too. Both my wings have been aching more so the right. So I piped in and I said, guess what? Me too. Me too. But even if you're not an archangel incarnate like we are, I think humans are going through this too. Muscle testing tells me this is correct. Now, everybody has a different set of circumstances in their physical body. Even though we are uh, in physical human form, um, that doesn't mean that my body and your body are going to react the same. Uh, to various stimuli, right? And like some people will get the solar wind energy and they just feel like running around like, woo, it's like getting two or three shots of pots of coffee in your arm, shots of pots of coffee. (laughs) It's like getting that caffeine overload. And some people, it's like getting very, very lethargic and very tired and um, they just want to sleep all day. And some people are just normal, not affected one way or the other, but maybe you have a headache or maybe you have achiness in your uh, physical body, in your joints or in your back or your hips. 
and uh, some people have problems like with um, pulsating and pushing and uh, electronic buzzing kind of energy in all of your bones or maybe just in your hands or your elbow or your foot or your knee you know it, it affects everyone differently and the thing is we don't just have human DNA it's just that the human race on earth is also seeded by the royal races of other planets you know other planetary systems we have this as evidenced in our family crests we have this as evidenced in um, even our names I was thinking today about um, my children have uh, DNA in their blood that comes from one of their ancestors uh, McDermott and or, or McDermid and that uh, literally translates as son of the dragon they have Draco blood and so if an energy is going to particularly affect Draco blood then that would be affecting them and maybe not so much me because I don't have dragon blood and muscle testing says no I do not um, I thought maybe I might so I had to check <laughs> while I'm talking I always check and double check with prime creator on these things lest I accidentally uh, speak a mistruth I like to miss I, I like to correct myself but I do have um, Lyran or Lyran blood which is from the cat people so um, there's other weird things like I have an aversion to water sometimes I don't swim you know I like to be in a pool and I like to uh, exercise in a pool but I don't I'm not a strong swimmer I wished I were but I'm not a strong swimmer so that might be my Lyran blood for example <laughs> cat people maybe cat people don't you know go out of their way to go swimming all the time you know as opposed to people who come from a water world where there's a lot of like mermaids or people might have gills you know star seeds from planets like that and then they're here they would feel more um, in tune with water and the ocean and swimming in lakes and lakes freak me out <laughs> I used to go water skiing when I was a kid but I was always freaked out every time I um, let go of the boat and then my dad had to come back around to pick me up every last time there was always something lurking in that lake and it was it would always wrap itself around my leg and I'd have to go ah! <laughs> pull my leg up oh dad get me get me get me turn on your depth finder I want to know what that was that's creepy my dad had a depth finder that could tell you the length of the fish and where and how deep it is and uh, what kind it is I, he had like this really top of the line <laughs> top of the line fishing device and oh man I was so scared I thought for sure it's a sea monster coming to get me and why am I in the water anyway I knew not to do this but my dad's like you've got to learn a skill and maybe you know eventually it goes you know skiing with your friends or you know it'll be something you'll need later in life and I gotta tell you guys the truth I, I never did go after that last time with that massive I mean it it probably was one second but in my mind it was a good 20 30 seconds of that thing just going by my leg for a long time I'm like it's a sea serpent I swear to God it's you know Nessie but how did he get in California or I'm um, not California Minnesota sorry I was in Minnesota at that time I've never actually skied in California not not um actually I've never skied in California at all which is weird I've snow skied, I've gone downhill skied, I've slalom, not slalom, what's it called? Uh, where you just go on flat land, I've gone down mountains and I've gone on lakes. 
and all my skiing activity was limited to my teenage years and limited Minnesota. As soon as I left, I was like, I don't think I'm going to ski ever again. (laughs) Put me in a canoe any day, but skiing, no, not so much. I don't know why. I just, I think it was after the sea monster incident, actually. (laughs) It was probably just a normal fish, but scared the hell out of me. I was like, ah, screaming, scared it away. Thank God. (laughs) I mean, hell, maybe it was a mermaid. I don't even know. (laughs) There was something. I just felt there was like a super supernatural force in that lake. I'm like, dad, I'm never going back in that lake. That scared the shit out of me. (laughs) But, um, yeah, I don't even know where I was going with this. So (laughs) other than it's a funny story from my childhood, but we all have different, uh, family lines in our, in our DNA, you know, um, if you have birds on any of your family crests, that points to Pleiadian royal DNA. And I feel like somebody who has Draco would have a different reaction to different stimuli versus if you're Pleiadian, even though we're all technically human, we look human and our bodies pretty much function the same. We still have that locked or maybe now with our raising of our vibration, maybe it's becoming unlocked um, DNA. And so anyway, so I was talking to the archangels and I was saying, you know, if any of you have a bathtub, you can take a bath with Epsom salts and baking soda and that's going to release any toxins and the Epsom salts will also, if the bath is hot enough, will put in to your body magnesium immediately. And I was also recommending drinking Pedialyte, uh, Gatorade does have electrolytes. It's not as good or healthy for you. Pedialyte is, um, the exact balance you need, but make sure you drink it over 24 hours time. And I was, uh, telling them that. And one of the people said to me, one of the archangels said, well, I am going to put heat on my back when I get home. And I started thinking about this DNA thing. And I don't know. I know for me, I have Pleiadian DNA and, um, Lyran. I don't know about my friend um, who was telling me that she's going to do heat, but I started thinking about when I put heat on my back, on my muscles, when they're hurting and aching and when they're, um, the joints are swollen, what happens is heat exacerbates it and makes it a lot worse. But for me, if I just put ice packs up and down my spine, ice always calms it down for me. And, um, if my back is out of place, if I just put a bunch of ice packs on my back, then all I need to do is relax into the ice pack and take all the heat and swelling out of my joints. It takes about five minutes and then I could just stretch and my back just pops right back into place. Do it yourself, chiropractic care for me, (laughs) but other people need that heat. And I don't know why. And I'm wondering if it has to do, this is just like a random thought I had today. I didn't ask prime creator about it, but it's a random thought I had today. If you guys have any thoughts about this, you can write me at mermaid girl 888 on, um, uh, Instagram. Cause it's just, it's one of those weird things. I thought, boy, that's very, very strange, you know, about this, um, the idea that we used to, you know, that different stimuli affect us differently. You know, we have genetic coding, like some people are more sensitive to sugar than others. I discovered last week when I ate so much sugar more than normal, how much it affected my body. And I, now I'm kind of determined to, um, 
fix this in my body again. I lost a bunch of weight and I think I gained probably five or 10 pounds in um, excess uh, water weight just because I ate too much sugar and I started realizing how true that is that it does cause swelling and I'm like man I just I found these strawberry gummies and they taste so freaking good that I just normally if I eat a piece of candy it's like two pieces of candy and then I don't eat candy for a few more days and I just I ate the whole freaking bag in two days which is not like me so I'm like I can't buy these anymore (laughs) so I it was my fault and then I ate that stupid chocolate thing the chocolate frosting (laughs) horn of plenty chocolate frosting is what I should call it it was like a, a pastry from the pastry chef friend of mine and and he always said oh you should try it it's really good and I'm like okay fine so I ate one and then I went back two days later and ate another one and it put me in a bad way all weekend I'm like man I know better but I did eat a lot of vegetables this weekend and I'm going to do so for this week as well and try to get myself back on track again. But also with this energy that's coming and I'm very sensitive to energy and I'm looking and I have 1313. That means uh, death, but also transformation and ending of karmic cycles. So some of you may be going through that. Uh, 22, I just saw, which is also a twin flame number as well as uh it both those things add up to four which means your emperor is coming or you are the emperor getting ready to step up or also it means um the, uh also ending in death and transformation and cycles completing um yeah i'm pulling that from a lot of different things from feng shui to um tarot cards to god himself and angel numbers <laughs> So I've been seeing a lot of angel numbers uh, recently, and that means uh, when you start to see that numbers that line up, um, if you're brand new to this and, and brand new to the spiritual awakening, and that's all that's happening with you right now, where every time you look at the clock, it's 11-11 or 14-14 or 444 or 7-7-7. It's just um, a sign that the universe is speaking to you. And if, um, you know you don't look up the numbers, you're never going to know what they mean. So you got to look up, there's angel number apps, there's angel number books, just the, whatever message seems to resonate with you the most will be the system. Your angels will work with you. Um, I just looked up an angel number today that I knew what it meant before, but I looked it up to see if anyone had any new meanings to it. And one of the websites I completely resonated with and another website, I'm like, no, none of that's true, (laughs) you know, and I kept doing muscle testing. Nope, nope, nope. Not true for me, not true in general. So use your discernment and follow your own intuition and guidance about it. But just know, and suffice to say that once God starts uh, choosing you to receive these signs and symbols from the universe and numbers are the raw materials of the universe. It's one of those things that, you know, math cannot be debated usually. And it's, one of those signs and symbols that comes to you to give you a message to let you know that you're not alone and you do have a higher guidance and things are coming your way and the things that are coming your way are quite lovely you know uh usually it means there's not many that are mean warning you know warning something's going on but some of them might point to that a little bit like 616 or 666 is kind of like a balance, like you need to balance your thoughts, um, in a way that you're 
you know, stop spiraling out of control, (laughs) you know, for example, but also it can mean lovers, lovers, lovers. So it depends on where you're at and what's happening with you. So you have to use discernment in that way. So, um, I wanted to bring up, oh, and take magnesium for the muscle aches, by the way, lots of water, lots of heavy breathing, like deep breathing. You can breathe in to the tune of four, hold for a count of two, breathe out to the tune of four, hold for a count of two. If you can breathe in for seven and hold to a count of three, you know, um, these numbers are random. I'm saying them randomly, but whatever aligns with you, if you have asthma, maybe you want to hold for a count of one and breathe for a count of two if you're having a problem. But, um, I'm sensitive to asthmatics since I have, uh, issues with breathing as well and asthma as well. So, um, you know, God was like showing me or telling me to say that for those of you. So some of you might want to hold, you know, breathe in for a count of 10, hold for, you know, three or four or five, you know, just whatever, um, kind of breathing helps you. But if you breathe out, um, breathe in and breathe out just steadily in through your nose, out through your mouth. Um, that can also release toxins from your system. I went through a breathing program years ago and I lost 10 pounds within two, three days doing these breathing exercises. And then I never, after the the workshop was over, I never really fully did those breathing exercises again, the way that it was in that intense workshop. But, um, I have used it over the years for like five minutes here, 10 minutes there. It also helps to channel out the negative, uh, toxic energy, especially if it's affecting you in a negative way. But if you're able to consciously focus on the Christ light energy that swirls all around us, you could also breathe in prana energy from nature, not from other humans. Don't do it from animals. Breathe it in from trees. Breathe it in from the ocean. If you're near the sea, uh, you could bring in the prana light energy to give you a robust sense of health and use it as a walking meditation. Walk very slow time. You're walking to your breathing. This is what I read in a book from Paramahansa Yogananda um, years ago, and it's something that my husband and I used to practice. We would go when, before we had kids even, we would walk around um, various parks and the ocean. Um, we'd go to the beach sometimes. We'd go to various places and just walk around and pulling in the prana with our breath. And that does help to get um, more in alignment with your own soul and also helps you to navigate the plasma energy being bombarding that that is bombarding us. That's bombarded us in the past few days. It's so strong and so intense and like even to the point where I started to breathe it in and I started to do a little bit of like a five minute meditation and I held my a tablet for five minutes afterwards and all of a sudden boom 20% gone in five minutes I went oh my god this energy is so massive and I'm I can't wait this is my last week doing season six guys season seven will start in the seventh month of this year in July and I'm going to take three months off because um, I have another project coming up which hey I'm very excited about thank you God for blessing me with this, I'm grateful. I'm going to help 
create some jobs in Ecuador. I'm going to help um, one of my favorite actors uh, have a, um, a vehicle for his work and showcase him because he deserves to have his own show. He's older than me quite a bit. It's not my twin flame. It's somebody else. But um, I love this guy. And I just feel like, you know, he kind of, he's a hell of a nice guy. And he goes around doing a lot of charity work. And I just feel like he does deserve uh, something that's going to showcase his talents in a different way and be more in alignment with who he is as an actual um, human being, you know, versus usually plays criminals. So, and he, he's, I'm not going to give you too much of it away, but he's, he's a reformed criminal (laughs) in the show. So it's coming up, it's coming up and I'm really grateful for it. And, and thank you God for surrounding me by white light and pushing out any negative or darkness. Anyone is sending me out of jealousy or petty district, petty, uh, distributions of, um, nonsense and lack. Amen. Uh, because no weapon against me shall prosper. Uh, I had to say that, um, because I got that message two or three times in the past few days from various sources. That's possible. There might be someone with jealousy towards me. And I'm going to tell you guys, look, I'm 53 years old. I am living in a 300 square foot unfinished apartment. That is so embarrassing. I can't have people over, uh, not embarrassing because of anything I've done, but just because of the way the place looks, it's a dump (laughs) because it's unfinished. Once it's finished, it's going to be beautiful. But right now, no, Mm -mm. it's energetically not even good. And, uh, I'm 53 years old. You know, most people by my age do have an established everything, but I've lost everything in my life. 36 people have died in my life in the past 12 years. Um, I'm not in a way where I am capitalizing on a whole bunch of stuff. I'm not a millionaire, you know, so this big break for me is something that I earned. It is my, finally my good karma based on living for 53 years, following a spiritual path, not following fame, not following money, not following, um, the three imposters that you need to get into heaven. Basically is what my friend said, fame, power, and money. <laughs> I, I didn't follow those things. I followed my heart. I followed God. I've been on the spiritual path, but I need these three things to complete my 33rd life here. And so it's nothing to be jealous of. I mean, you probably were rich and famous and powerful in the past life, or, you know, maybe in your next life on another planet, you will be, you know, like this is the end of earth 3d. We're getting into earth 5d. I don't know. Maybe there's fame in earth 5d. Probably there is God's telling me there is, but it's in a different way. It's in a unity way. And I had to follow my twin flame, followed the um, other outwardly material path. I had to follow the inner spiritual path. And now I am going to be flipping the switch and going into the material realm. And I know when he meets me, he's going to go into the spiritual realm. It's going to be a beautiful, delightful dance to behold. I just feel it. (laughs) We're going to influence each other in really good and positive ways. But, um, you know, for any of you who may, and probably none of you that are listening, but I feel like there's a few people listening and heard that last week or the week before. And there was like some weird ass jealousy going on. There's literally no reason I, w- I went over the idea. I just looked at 2333 on the timer. Uh, so three, three, three might be, or two, three, three might be an angel number for you guys that are brand new to the angel numbers. You may want to go look that up on your angel number apps or books 
And again, just take what resonates. If it doesn't apply, let it fly. But, um, I was talking to somebody today about uh, fame because he said, can you explain to me, Elena, what, uh, what is the karma surrounding fame? Because I told him that, you know, when you're famous, there's karma involved and, uh, sometimes it's good and sometimes it's bad. It just depends on who you are. And, um, so God channeled through me a little bit and I explained it to him. I said, look, sometimes when you're famous, you are famous because you have earned the right to be famous through your selfless action through serving God throughout many, 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 many lifetimes. So if you're a newbie and you've been here one lifetime, I'm sorry, honey, you haven't earned the right to be famous here yet. Maybe you have 40 lifetimes, you know, on, on planet Frypton and maybe there you're famous, but here on earth, it's like this proving ground, right? So there's one reason that is a good karmic reason to be famous in this life. But there is a massive caveat. When you are famous, your dirty laundry is aired for the whole world to see. And people get to see whether or not you are a good actor or a bad actor. And I don't mean acting in films. I mean, in general, in life as your person. So sometimes uh, you get to be the villain in the story and people get to watch that. And sometimes you get to be the, um, the good person, the humble, kind, beloved person that everybody can see is a good person, but bad things are happening. So when uh, something bad happens to an actor or a musician or a politician or somebody who is very, very famous, Maybe some people are celebrities that they didn't really earn the celebrity with their talent. They're just randomly famous because of whatever. Like there's a woman in Los Angeles who um, fell in love with like this millionaire or billionaire and the guy fell in love with her and made her famous by putting a series of sexy billboards around Hollywood of her. And um, she didn't earn that other than just having a voluptuous body and a beautiful face, which she probably earned through good karma in other lifetimes. And she became a celebrity around town and everybody loved her, but no one knew why, because there's nothing that she did in particular, except walk around and look fabulous. <laughs> and everyone loved her. It was so, 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 so strange. I actually went by her one day when I was driving in, in Hollywood and I I waved her and she waved back and I winked at her and she winked back and I was like, oh, I love her so much. And I don't really even know why other than I've been seeing her billboards my whole life, <laughs> which is so weird. She was like 20 something years older than me. So she'd been around for a long, long time. And sometimes people get that kind of weird fame just randomly. And some people get fame because of now, nowadays because of a meme or some weird uh, thing that happened to them. Like Kai Kai, the smash mash guy, God rest his soul. He, um, if you don't know what I'm talking about, you just look him up. K-A-I. Well, he did die. He was in his twenties. He had, hello, darling. How are you? Would you want to talk about something? Are you famous? Hey, have you been famous in your home planet? You weren't? Are you famous now? You're getting there. She says, eh, maybe. Do you want to be wealthy? For her, wealthy means that she gets all the bugs and mice she wants and lizards, and they just come to her like a queen, and 
someday we are manifesting that she gets her own bedroom. I told her when you're wealthy, you're going to have your own bed and your own bedroom. (laughs) I'm not going to tell her that she might have to share that bed with my, my son when he comes to visit, but she wouldn't mind. I'm sure she won't. But I said, I said, we're going to be wealthy. And that means you have your own bedroom girl. (laughs) You want your own bedroom knowledge? Okay, now she's off and running. She's now looking for bugs. But (laughs) I think she'll be wealthy someday in the cat way. I told her she's already wealthy. She has uh, the fancy litter. She doesn't have to go to the bathroom in the sand at the beach like the other stray cats are around here that won't let me catch them. (laughs) You know, she gets her food handed to her. She, you know, for her, mice are a snack. They are a luxury item versus, you know a necessity item and uh she doesn't have to focus on only eating the spicy lizards that she hates (laughs) she can just eat their tail as a delicacy i know this is so gross for some of you but the life of a cat is way different than the life of a human we were having she and i were having a conversation today about the birds that were um circling there were uh carry-on birds that eat like the dead things that die and we were having the conversation and she said it was funny that they don't care if it's warm or not. And I'm like, yeah, I know cats like to eat a fresh kill. And while it's still warm, you know, they don't, they don't want to let the food go cold. It's gross to her. And she, she was like, I don't understand why these birds do that. I'm like, Ugh, I don't either. <laughs> I don't know how she even knows that, but she has, you know, escaped for several hours at a time. So she must've seen it happen in front of her. <laughs> you know, is I mean, it happens all the time. We see these birds circling, and I think it made her curious one day, like, "Ooh, I want to go see those birds." And she gets over there and realizes they were so big, she didn't want to do anything with them. She, I noticed that she stays away from the chickens and she stays away from the roosters that are walking around randomly on the street here. But she uh, did bring in that pretty white dove uh, months ago, which I told you guys about. Today, I saw that white dove. If that is a symbol for you guys, I wanted to let you know. I saw a white dove. If you've already seen white dove several times or heard the word dove, and now I'm mentioning it, that's another sign from your holy guardian angel as well as the universe and God himself or goddess herself for you. Um, yeah, God's telling me a lot of you actually white dove is a symbol. And if I'm the first that you're hearing of it, you might start in the next week or so. You're going to start seeing white doves if it's meant as a message for you. So um, anyway, so so the numbers, signs are something for everybody. Also, the signs in the heavens. I mean, the clouds will start to, it'll be very simple at first. You'll see like the number six or seven or three or whatever. And sometimes you'll just look up and it'll just say A, you know, or, you know, J or whatever. It'll be like a letter in the sky, like a definite, that's a Z, you know, like Zorro. He just put his mark on the sky in the form of clouds only shaped in the letter Z, you know, like whatever it is, you're going to see it in the sky. And eventually you'll start noticing um, faces and animals and symbols. And I have seen ancient magical symbols. I have seen whole paragraphs in Arabic in the clouds and once you start to see the number signs and you start um responding to that and looking up the meaning all of a sudden the sky will provide more for you god will open up more for you and you will get 
more um, symbols and signs that will um, reveal themselves to you. The heavens will open up their secrets to you when you are in that spiritual flow way. And um, if you are uh, suffering from the effects of the energy coming our way, you may want to ask, hey, send me some information on what I need to do to alleviate the symptoms I'm feeling. A lot of times you just need to release, you need to cleanse your chakras, you need to cleanse your Pepsi bodies, which is my anachronism, anachronism, I mean acronym, sorry, I always say the wrong word there, acronym uh, for uh, physical, emotional, psychological, and spiritual individual bodies, your Pepsi bodies, Um, you just have to clean them out, cleanse them out energetically, imagine that they are projected out in front of you and you see whatever's in there. And you just ask for the wind to come up or, you know, imagine holes in the feet of your mental body. And then you drain all those thoughts that you no longer to be thinking. That's how I've get I've gotten rid of a lot of my overthinking ways. Um, even though I'm still an overthinker, I'll just like, I need to drain that mental body. If I'm just spinning my wheels and going around in circles and not really getting anywhere, you know, it's like nailing your foot to the floor and then trying to run. You just could go in a circle and overthinking does that. And it doesn't, it's not productive. It doesn't help anybody. It doesn't really, um, sometimes it can help you if you use it the right way, but it might be just that you're jammed up in your mental body. You need to drain that all those negative thoughts or those, you know, suspiciousness thoughts. You know, I have a friend who's very suspicious about everything and then he gets mad and he gets angry and he hates everybody and he hates everything and wants to reject everything suddenly out of nowhere, you know? And a lot of times it's just because he didn't drain his mental body. That's what I think. And, you know, um, but I would say, keep your energy clearing. He's, oh, I do. I do. And I'm sure he's not doing it. I'm certain he's not doing it. <laughs> I've sent him books and I'm sure he's uncertain he's not doing it. You know, uh, it, it's like, I sent you this book. You should not already know this information already. Oh yeah. Well, I'll get around to it. It's like, it's a 25 page book. Read it. You know, I didn't send you a 500 page book. I sent a 25 page. I mean, we'll take an afternoon speechify guys. Oh my God. I love this app. You can download it on your browser for any of your browsers. And if you hate reading, like staring at a screen, you could go lay down on your couch or your bed, turn on the speechify app and it will read a 300 page book for you. I mean, I've, I've had it, uh, this app do this for me and okay. Yeah. It's a robotic ish voice, but if you can handle that or, you know, things like $30 or something to upgrade and you can have it in a more natural voice and different accents, whatever you understand speechify is an excellent app. I'm super excited about it. But anyway, um, so cleanse your aura, cleanse your chakras, cleanse your spirit bodies, you know, your, your, um, Pepsi bodies, spirit and, and mental bodies and physical body and emotional body. Your emotions might be overwhelmed and you might be overwrought. And if you cleanse your emotional body out, you might be feeling, Oh, I feel rejuvenated now. I actually feel good. What you do is once you drain all the stuff out of the bottom of your feet, you also, and you make the pass with white light coming from above and pushing it into the earth to transform and transmute it. And then you pull in more white light. That's just pure blank, purified energy to replenish you. And that is what, and I just looked at 35, 35. So three, five might be one of your 
numbers are coming to you a lot. And if it is, there you go. But, um, there's a lot of stuff going on guys. There's a lot of energy coming our way and you got to keep yourself energetically clear. You have to cut the cords and the ties and the attachments that bind you to other people, especially if they don't have your best interest in mind. And you have to make sure your energy in your house, in your space, in your bedrooms, even in your bathrooms, in your closets, in your showers, that you just got to make sure you could go through with a little stick of incense or a little bit of sage. Um, you know, you could wash if you've got floors. I don't, I can't do this. And it drives me crazy because I always use the floor washes. You put, you know, sprinkle a little bit of salt in that floor wash. You sprinkle a little bit of, um, you know, the high vibrational, um, floor wash waters that you get a magical shop and you mix that with your normal, um, your normal, uh, cleansing, um, soap and water. And you just do that all over your whole floors. That magically lifts up all the negativity in your space as well. And I don't have that and I can't do that here. So I'm definitely contemplating moving, um, like the next couple months, probably by the time July rolls around, God's telling me, yeah, by the time July rolls around in season seven, I should be coming at you from a different city here in Ecuador. And God's telling me, yeah, it's definitely going to happen. Um, God told me probably by the end of June, actually, I should be in a new place. Hopefully I have no idea where or how or why, or, <laughs> you know, the, I, I don't think I'll be in my half million dollar house yet, but I do think I will be in that house by Christmas, which is cool. Cause that means I'll have a place to live for the rest of my life. And my kids will have a place to come to, uh, for the rest of their lives for Christmas and for whatever my oldest informed me, I don't celebrate Christmas anymore. I'm like, well then I don't care. Come for a different holiday. It doesn't matter. I'm still going to get you a gift. So there you go. <laughs> you know, celebrate Christmas. Okay. This is a happy Tuesday present. I'm going to give it to you once a year. Happy Wednesday present next year. You know, it's like, don't come at me with that bullshit, dude. <laughs> my oldest kid is so difficult, but I, I, I love, I love all, both of my kids. They are awesome people, but <laughs> they make my life so difficult though. Sometimes it's like, can't we just have a family dinner and we don't have to call it a holiday. You know, I don't celebrate that holiday. I think you're just being difficult with me, dude. Seriously. I'm just kidding. I love, I love them very much. Anyway. Um, so yeah, we did have more solar flares. We had another after that solar wind hit us yesterday and part of today. And I looked out the window every few hours I was waking up. It was red energy, red so if you have anything that makes you angry, it's going to be tripped up. Jealousy, greed, lust, passions for things that are not good for you. But if you're healed in all of those ways, it's going to bring you new flashes of inspiration, ideas, short bursts of energy. And it's going to also bring you energy in the way of health and robustness but don't overdo it with the exercise. That's what God's telling me right now directly for you guys. All right. So there you go. Um, but I did see it and I saw some purple energy in there as well. And that's God's telling me for people on the Royal road, people who are on that deep, powerful spiritual journey where it's part of your special, um, 
reason for living, your raison d'être, you know, here on this planet. Um, Like me, for example, obviously, 800 episodes later, can you tell I'm on a spiritual path here? (laughs) I'm living in a 300 square foot house or apartment. Obviously, I'm I'm definitely on a spiritual journey. (laughs) I'm like living in a hermit's cave (laughs) by myself with my cat, who's my familiar. I mean, obviously... I'm on that journey, but, um, but if you're in a spiritual way and this is your journey as well, there's a deeper esoteric, higher vibrational knowledge is coming your way. Now you're going to be aware of books. You were not aware of some of them ancient, some of the practices and rituals from your past lives are coming up. Some of this deep esoteric spiritual knowledge will be seeping to your brain while you sleep, seeping to your cerebral, your mental body from the higher realms in your dreams in the astral world remember to protect yourself before you go to sleep wake up protect yourself i always say bismillah to protect everything when i wake up alhamdulillah um when i'm finished with a task um those just mean basically god bless this and thank you god for blessing this you could say it in any language I just choose Arabic because I am Muslim, but you don't have to follow Islam. You don't have to do any of those things if you don't wish. Um, Just ask for the blessings and the protection. No weapon against you shall prosper, as it says in the Bible. All right, so so I'm all over the map with this spiritual. I'm not a religious person. I'm spiritual, so I take what works from all religions, especially if they are in... um, agreement with all the other religions, you know, so love, basically love is my religion. If you can have that as a religion, I suppose. Anyway, the current solar wind speed, according to spaceweather.com is 434 kilometers per, per second. It says that we do have more solar flares that have happened. As I mentioned this morning, strong M4 class solar flare, uh, looked like it was just the beginning, according to Active Sunspot AR2975 and this report on spaceweather.com. Since this instigating magnitude 4 event, it has produced additional C3, C9, and M1 class explosions. So uh, we did have a tsunami, a radiation storm, and a tsunami with this solar flare a lot of things just happened all at once sunspot ar2975 erupted on the 28th of march it produced an m4 class solar flare the blast propelled a solar tsunami through the sun's atmosphere you can see it rippling away over the blast site in this movie from the soho solar dynamics observatory as well it's here oh man it's crazy is massive massive and this is a tsunami that was radioactive it's rippling leading edge beamed radio waves towards earth and it was a fantastic solar radio burst at 56 megahertz according to rob stamus who recorded the outburst at his space weather observatory in lofoton norway And at the same time, the U.S. Air Force says they did record both Type 2 and Type 4 solar radio bursts. Ironically, while the sun was turning itself into a temporary radio beacon, it simultaneously wiped out radio transmissions on Earth. 
A pulse of x-rays from this flare ionized the top of the atmosphere over Africa, caused a shortwave radio blackout. And this did affect ham radio, excuse me, ham radio operators, mariners, aviators. And they might have noticed that there was a fading sound and unusual propagation effects at all frequencies below 30 megahertz. Energetic protons accelerated by the flare and the tsunami peppered Earth's magnetosphere. This caused a S1 class radiation storm. Our planet's magnetic field is funneling these particles towards the poles where a second type of radio blackout was underway, a polar cap absorption event. Airplanes flying over the regions might have found out that their shortwave radios just won't work while they were in transit when this happened. So, um, newly arriving coronagraph images from the Soho have now confirmed that a full halo CME is headed for earth. They will let us know when the, uh, CME's arrival time is in upcoming days. So I'm sure it's going to hit this week. This is what I was trying to say. The energy has been insane. Okay. Right now we are currently inside a stream of solar wind flowing from the indicated coronal hole, which is over to the, um, Eastern limb of the equatorial portion of the sun. It is flowing our way right now on March 28th. There was exactly one sporadic fireball according to NASA's all sky cameras and the all sky fireball network. I want to backtrack and give you some of the other space weather information. Um, AR-2975 is still crackling, of course, with M-class solar flares and obviously C-class and all kinds of solar flares. We're, we're, so we're having solar flares, tsunami, radio outbursts, um, and halos and coronal mass ejections. All of this shit has happened in the past 24 to 48 hours. If you're feeling a little out of sorts, guys, this is why. If you're sensitive to energy, this is why. If you're feeling nothing, either you're fully healed or you're not sensitive to energy and that's okay. You're still spiritually growing. Even if you're not feeling it, it's okay. Totally. Okay. It might have something to do with your DNA. Maybe you're not Pleiadian. (laughs) Maybe you're not Lyran or draconian or whatever it is that you need to feel the energy. There's nothing wrong with that. Everybody has different gifts and everybody has a different path in life. And I didn't feel this for years and years and years, or maybe I did and I wasn't aware of it. Now I'm aware of it. And I'm like, Oh my God, something's happening. And now I've got this, this vision that goes beyond my eyes. Now that I'm vibrating higher, I could see higher energy and I'm seeing the energy and I looked out the, I mean, it was just red, so much plasma. I can't believe I could see it now. And I, I've talked to, or, or I talked to other people that could see it. And I've also watched videos of other people who could see it. I'm like, I don't see a damn thing. And now I'm seeing it. So, all right, I just needed to boost my energy up. How do you do it? Let go of everything, accept yourself, love yourself, bring yourself to a higher place through music, through dancing, through loving everybody, having love, acceptance, compassion, respect, and honor for yourself and for others as well. All right. Sunspot number 97 is the sunspot we're on right now. The cosmic radiation coming out of Finland, University of Ulu, Sudankaila, Geophysical Observatory, Observatory, Observatory. Gotta say that <laughs> slower next time. Uh, it shows that the cosmic rays reaching Earth were at a high level 
in the past 48 hours, we've had a 1.3% drop. You know, it's changed in, you know, so 1.3% less in the past 48 hours, but right now we're at 7.1%, which is considered a high level of radiation. So we're getting cosmic radiation. The cosmic rays are showing up for us, even though we're in the middle right now of a solar wind stream and the radio outburst and the CME and the CME halo, which is just going to cover the whole planet. And then all this other stuff that's peppering our planet with energy. And God is showing me it's coming from, there's something in the universe that happened, an explosion from a very long time ago. And that's also on its way. It's between us and the grand central sun. It's a little bit between us and the grand central sun. If we were in alignment with this, it'd be a little bit off to the right. I don't know what that means. There's a God showing me right now. It was a massive burst. It's on its way. So hopefully they'll say it there. Um, that would be interesting. Now, uh, we have to pause this for a minute to do the robot challenge screen of disclosure news.it I don't know why they're putting me through this every damn time now <laughs> like it's not such a big mystery is it that what the uh, current thing is all right so I had to uh, go ahead and pause that and go through several captures three in fact <laughs> to prove I'm not a robot to get the data that they freely give to the world. I, I don't know why it is that way, but all they had was amplitude nine anyway. All <laughs> that worked just for barely nothing. Um, and I, what I wanted to see though on this graph was if they had a blackout because, you know, coming out of Italy, disclosurenews.it, they just have power nine. Yeah, they did. I knew it. I had a feeling. They had a little spike of nine, which it come, came up from 7.83 hertz frequency which is the baseline for the Schumann resonance. And that's it. This is just the, the energetic, um, the energy, the frequency measured between the surface of the earth and the top of the ionosphere. It's like a cavern, you know, um, there's like a space and then they can measure the vibration in that space. Some people call it the heartbeat of the earth. I don't know if that's accurate. Might be the heartbeat of what humans are feeling in certain geographical regions because it's different in different areas of the world. It's not the same consistently through the planet. But um, so, yeah, power nine, that's it. Um, so, not much as far as Hertz frequency. Slightly st- statistically significant, but not that big of a deal. It's just a normal fluctuation. And then, right after, though, now for it looks like over a dozen hours absolute radio silence and that makes sense because when I go to heartmath.org and the heartmath institute and look at their GCMS magnetometer their Schumann resonances power graph it says sorry this data is temporarily unavailable please try again later so yeah all this crap the uh, energy coming our way from the sun has really wreaked havoc on our instrumentation and our electronics. So just wanted to let you guys know about all of that, especially if you're sensitive to energy. Anyway, I'm going to take a quick break guys. And when I come back, we're going to go over the latest installment 
at part 23 and looks like we're going to have to take this book yet another season with us into season seven. This is the last night I will read the Aquarian gospel of Jesus the Christ for this season, but in three months, we're going to pick it up where we left off. So you could go ahead and read ahead if you want, skip ahead. If you want go look at it, I am going to Gutenberg.org to get the book for free. It is a 125 year old book, so it's out in the public. It's been, you know, outside of the realm of, um, copyright for a long, long time. But if you want to go ahead and sneak peek, that's okay. But what I do for you through the show is I will discern the truth for you, whether or not this actually happened in the Akashic records of Jesus or Yeshua, the Christ, uh, consciousness, if that actually happened through him or not. Some of the stuff is over zealous religious fervor and people saw the people that were looking into the Akashic records saw what they wanted to see. So even though they were very clear, 98% accurate, that 2% is what I'm discerning for you guys and for myself out of curiosity and prime creators helping me. And I sometimes use a pendulum. I use my discernment. I feel it in my chakras because I clear myself before I read the book. Usually, um, I can tell it just, I get a little bit of a twinge in a little part of my body. I'm like, <gasps> Ooh, like in my throat or in my heart. And what God told me though, is they never set out to purposely deceive. This is just their own subconscious minds and their own beliefs coming forward. Cause they're like, oh, I knew it. It means this. And then boom, they automatically go into the scripture that was written hundreds of years after the fact as if it was a real story, <laughs> you know, I mean, they got the gist of it, but playing telephone, you're never going to get the true story. And so this is why I'm discerning the life of Yeshua for all of us, because it's a very interesting story. And as far as I'm concerned, as far as I know, all religions do well, except for Judaism, <laughs> most religions, I should say, do say he was actually the greatest avatar that ever lived. Um, he was more than a prophet. He was more than, um, a saint. He was definitely an ascended master. He mastered himself and we can learn a lot from him as we are going through this ascension process ourselves. We are becoming ascended masters. Those of us who are on the spiritual path, trying really hard. A lot of people are just going to ascend, but not necessarily become masters of the world around them. You know, I know I'm on that path for sure, but you might not be, and there's nothing wrong with it. It's a very hard path. So, you know, if you, if you haven't started it at this late date, it's okay. I think you don't have to just keep raising your vibration so you can vibrate up into the fifth dimension. Doesn't mean you're a spiritual master and doesn't mean you have to be on that path. It is a rough one for, um, those of us who have been on it, Jesus did this path for all of his lifetimes. He started from the beginning and he had a rough, not just the last life that you guys know about, but all of his lives were pretty spiritually rough. And, um, I would love to go back and see the Akashic records for all those lives. Wouldn't you? <laughs> but I don't think it's been written. Um, I'll have to check it out and see, but I don't think it has. Maybe I'll be the one to write it someday if he allows me. Anyway, my big brother, he's with me all the time. Uh, so he may come and, and uh, give his two cents worth tonight. Who knows? Anyway, I'm going to take a quick break. And when I come back, we're going to dive in to the Aquarian gospel of Jesus the Christ right after this itty bitty musical ditty. 
All right, guys. So we last left off at chapter 142 right off the bat. As I'm looking through this chapter really quickly, there's two things. Number one, the word, but is in this chapter B U T T. I did not know that that word was a thing 2000 years ago. So how is Jesus saying this when it wasn't maybe a word then I'm not sure, but it's kind of weird. (laughs) Jesus said, but anyway, um, did he actually say, but God say no. So this was like from 125 years ago. This is what they interpreted. He said from the Akashic records and muscle testing says, yes. So when we get to that part, he didn't say that part. (laughs) Um, that's weird. Like the butt of the joke. I mean, that's, that's more of a slang from a hundred years ago that we still use today. So, I mean, it is kind of weird. The other thing is, um, it's saying something about how somebody loved wealth more than he loved Christ. Jesus's literal job was to tell everybody about Christ. So, this guy loved wealth more than a cronut also because he never heard of a fucking cronut either. Okay. He never heard of Christ. He never heard of a cronut. He loved wealth more than things he's never heard of. I mean, he probably loved wealth more than a, cro- a crocodile because he probably also never saw one, never heard of one, or maybe he did. I don't know. I'm just saying that there's some things where it's like, I feel like they're using their overzealousness, their religiousness to kind of prove a point to people that they're trying to prove a point to in, you know, the 1900s. And so they, you know, they put their own belief and their own, their own overlay on what actually happened in the Akashic records. So keep it in mind as we read, I'm going to muscle test my way through this chapter just to make sure if it did not happen, I'm going to read to you what they said. If it did not happen, I'm going to muscle test. And if muscle testing said, no, I'm going to tell you guys immediately that did not happen. Jesus did not say that and by Jesus. I mean, Yeshua, they're not actually saying his actual name in this whole manuscript, which is also a little annoying, but you know what I mean when I say Jesus. So, all right, since Jesus wasn't actually his name, uh, (laughs) you know, my name is Elena, but you know, it'd be like someone calling me Elena. That's not my name. That means Helen in English. Um, you know, my name is not Elena. It's Alana (laughs) in Spanish, but it's just, it's just, it's, so it's like a minor thing, but I don't know. It just bothers me a little bit. (laughs) You know, being a Virgo, that's a little uptight and overthinking everything. That's why I'm doing this show, though. This is why I'm doing this uh, this book, because it's important. But again, like I said, 2% can be a little off, you know. They, they didn't even know that they were doing this. They thought they were doing everyone a service. But to lie about what Jesus said is doing uh, Yeshua a disservice. Anyway, let's get into the chapter. It's 142. So here we go. The path of discipleship, its difficulties, the cross and its meaning, the danger of wealth, the young man who loved wealth more than he loved Christ, parable of the rich man and Lazarus. Now, 
Jesus and the twelve went to another town, and as they entered it, they said, Peace be to all, goodwill to all. A multitude of people followed, and the master said to them, Behold, for you are followers for selfish gain. What? Like, like randomly, he just insulted the shit out of them from the beginning. Are you kidding me? Did he really say that? Yeah, he really did. Hi, peace, peace to you. Goodwill to you. You're an asshole. Wait, what? How am I going to listen to someone to come out and just your followers for selfish gain? Like what? I, I mean, I just, he, I guess he just wants to shock and awe people, but I mean, this is not how speakers do it now. And this is weird from 2000 years ago. He just like comes out with like an insult. What is he, Don Rickles? He just comes out with an insult and insults everybody in the audience. What? <laughs> I mean, I, I, do you guys see it the way I see it? Am I weird? I mean, I'm coming at this from a 2,000 years after the fact perspective. I know. I mean, peace to everybody. You're a, you're a jerk. I mean, pretty much, right? Anyway, let me reread that. (laughs) A multitude of people followed and master said to them, behold, for you are followers for selfish gain. (laughs) If you would follow me in love and be disciples of the holy breath and gain at last the crown of life, you must leave all there is of carnal life behind. Be not deceived, stay, men, and count the cost. If one would build a tower or a home, he first sits down and counts the cost to be assured that he has enough gold to finish it. (laughs) Okay, just on a completely random side note, I wish my landlord would have actually read that sentence before (laughs) building this apartment and stopping in the middle. I'm that's why I'm living in an unfinished apartment for the past year. (laughs) I mean, he's not wrong about that. All right. For well, he knows that if he makes a failure of his enterprise, he may lose all his wealth and be the butt of ridicule. Uh, muscle testing says, no, he did not say that. Um, so Prime creator, did he say the word enterprise? No, he did not say that. That's also 125 year ago word, not from 2000 years ago. Um, he may lose all of his wealth. He said, not the butt of ridicule. He might be ridiculed. He said, not the butt of. So this is what brother Yeshua actually said for well. He knows that if he makes a failure of his endeavors, he may lose all his wealth and be ridiculed. That's what he actually said. Muscle testing says, yeah, God just told me what he said. All right, moving right along. And if a king desires to take the kingdom of another king, he calls his trusted men and they consider well their strength and he will not measure arms with one of matchless power. Count well the cost before you start to follow me. It means the giving up of life and all you have. If you love father, mother, wife, or child more than you love the Christ, you cannot follow me. 
So all those things he did say. <clears throat> if you love wealth or honor more than you love the Christ, you cannot follow me. The paths of carnal life do not run up the mountainside towards the top. They run around the Mount of life. And if you go straight to the upper gate of consciousness, you cross the paths of carnal life, tread in them, not. And this is how men bear the cross. No man can bear another's cross. Take up your cross and follow me through Christ into the path of true discipleship that this is the path that leads to life. This way of life is called the pearl of greatest price and he who finds it must put all he has beneath his feet. Behold, a man found in a certain field, the croppings of a wondrous mine of gold. And he went forth and sold his home and he had, and all he had and bought the field. Then he rejoiced in wealth. Now there were present scribes and Pharisees of wealth who loved their money and their bonds and lands. And they laughed loud to scorn what Jesus said. Then Jesus spoke to them and said, you are the men who justify yourselves in sight of men. God knows your wickedness of heart and you must know, O men that whatsoever is revered and is exalted by the carnal mind is an abomination in the sight of God. Ooh, he did not say that guys. So he did say, God knows your wickedness of heart, but he did not say the next thing. See, that is these people's own ideas. So let me, fester out the truth here <laughs> and you must know oh man that whatsoever is revered and exalted by the carnal mind do you say that he didn't say that he didn't say any of that he said nothing they just threw that one in there they just threw that in there I mean God created the carnal world if you're going to call it that the world of meat, because carne means meat. I don't know. Carnal to me means meat. I should look it up, but <laughs> I mean, he didn't say that. No, huh? So let's just ignore that line. Sorry about that, guys. Um, and Jesus went his way. And as he went, a young man ran and knelt down at his feet and said, good master, tell me what to do that I hate may have eternal life. This did happen. Muscle testing suggests. And Jesus said, why do you call me good? No one is truly good, but God himself. He did actually say that. Wow. And God has said, if you would enter into life, keep the commandments of the law. The young man asked to which commands did he refer? <laughs> and Jesus said, you shall not kill. You shall not steal. You shall not do adulterous things. You shall not falsely testify and you shall love your God with all your heart and you shall love your neighbor as yourself. The man replied, these things I have observed from youth. What lack I yet? And Jesus said, one thing you lack, your heart is fixed on things of earth. You are not free. So he did actually say that. So it's not an abomination to God. The people are interested in the material world. I think what the abomination would, and there, and there is no abomination. You could be only in the material world because that might be your soul's purpose in this moment to be focused on the material thing. 
you know, that might just be your spiritual lesson this life. I, you know, there's like a lot more to it than just one lifetime. And, and so he didn't say that anything was an abomination, which would be to be judging people, which is what he said not to freaking do. He also said only God can judge us. Yeah. You know, there, there are some problematic things in this. So, all right. Um, it is true though. If your heart is fixed on things of earth, you are not free. Um, not completely. Cause then you're just focused on the next thing and the next thing and the next thing. And if you, if you want your mind to be free and your heart to be free, you fix it on God. And then you have the field of all possibilities, which makes you, um, completely free. You know, to accept all the experiences that come your way and focus on the highest vibration for the highest good of all people. That's, I mean, that's my personal, this is me, Azrael saying this, but hmm. all right, let's go back into the, the end of the text. Um, go forth and sell all that you have and give your money to the poor and come and follow me and you shall have eternal life. He actually said that he said to go give your money to the poor in this life. I don't see that that is healthy or wise now. If you live in South America and you give up everything and you're homeless, except in Ecuador and a couple places, they will actually murder you for being poor, for having nothing, for not putting back into society financially. You get murdered for that shit. I watched as a village, a little homeless encampment on a river in Peru as the police set them on fire. Now, I didn't know what was happening at the time. Thank you, God. I found out later what that horrible fire was. That's what it was. Um, yeah, that was a, a horrible to see it. Much more horrible to find out later what it was. And thank God I didn't know in the moment what it was. It would have really uh, traumatized me. But, I mean, you can't just do that in this life the way it is set up now, unfortunately. But... It does say in other pl- places that it's not money that makes you evil. It is the love of money. If you love money above all things, that's the problem. If you love God, people, you know, your family above all things, you know, then you're, you've got your priorities more straight. You know, you don't have to be a Christian. You don't have to be a specific religion. You have to be loving yourself, loving others, loving God to love yourself and others is to love God because you're made from God directly. And God says, yeah, that's true. All right. And muscle testing in case I'm wrong. I'm like, am I right? Yeah, I am. Okay. <laughs> if I'm wrong, I will let you guys know I'm wrong. Cause I don't have an ego about this stuff. I just want to know the truth. The truth to me will set me free. And I like that more than my ego being correct. You know, um, I might go back into this now. Let's get back into it. Uh, The man was grieved at what the master said, for he was rich. He hid his face and went on in sorrow on his way. Jesus looked upon the sorrowing man. He said, it is so hard for men with hoarded wealth to enter through the door into the kingdom of the soul. And his disciples were amazed at what he said. He answered them, said, I tell you men that they who trust in riches cannot trust in God and cannot come into the kingdom of the soul. 
Yea, it is easier for a camel to go through a needle's eye than for a man with hoarded wealth to find the way of life. And his disciples said, Who then can find the way? Who can be saved? And Jesus said, The rich may give his gold away, the high may kiss the dust. Wait, what? The high may kiss the dust? Did he say that? God say no, he didn't say that. I mean, if you're high, you could kiss a fucking tree. I mean, you're high. What is he talking about? The high may kiss the dust. Okay, so he didn't say that. Okay, did, okay, God, did Jesus say, Yeshua, did he say the gold may give his gold away? I mean, the rich may give his gold away. The high may kiss the dust. He did not say that part. And God will save. He did say that. All right, so do you say anything about the high may kiss the dust? No, huh? They added that. I thought that sounded funky. The high may kiss the... It's like they're channeling music from the 1960s there. Whoa. Excuse me while I kiss the sky. You know? <laughs> I mean, that was just weird. He didn't say that. Okay, so let me tell you what Jesus actually said according to Prime Creator directly. And Jesus said, The rich may give his gold away and God will save. That's what he said. That makes more sense. Okay, so God will give you and provide for you if you trust in God first. Give your love to, I'm telling you, this is what God is saying. And this is what I've learned in my own world. Like I had no money one day walking down the street guys. And I, and I was in Seattle with my boyfriend. I was really hungry. And my boyfriend's like, we don't have any money on us right now. So I don't know what to do. I'm like, I need to eat. I'm hungry. I'm really hungry. I need to eat. And I said, well, you know what? You might not have money and I might not have money, but I'm going to tell you who has money. The person who owns this world, this is God. God's got money. And I'm going to ask for that money right now. And I closed my eyes and I prayed out loud, God, give me money. I'm hungry. I really need to eat. My boyfriend's really need to eat. And we're, we only know how we're going to get home. We lost our car. We don't have any money. We're, please help us to eat. And I walked about five feet and there were $40 on the ground right in front of me, two twenties right there, tucked under a little bit of piece of grass, but right directly in my path. God will provide your way. You just have to believe and ask. I have several other instances in my life that, which I have over the last four years, given you guys these stories of things where, where money randomly appears or objects that I needed at that moment randomly appear when I asked God for it because I trusted God. I have several, several, several stories. One story in which my kids and I almost died because we have no money. And, and I asked God for our food. No one else. I only trusted God. And you know what? People handed us food left and right randomly. They didn't even know our situation. So Jesus tells true. He speaks true when he says this because I know in my own life that this is a fact. Whatever you want to call God, you don't have to say God, Yah, Jah, Ra, Yahweh, Allah, whatever is your word for the Almighty, the Divine, the Universe Creator Himself, God will save. So even if you had no money, God will save you. It doesn't matter. So anyway, but He never said the high make is the dust. <laughs> Like what? All right, let's get back into it. <laughs> and then Jesus spoke this parable to them. A rich man lived in a splendid state. He wore the finest garments men could make. His boards were loaded with the costliest viands of the land. 
a beggar, blind and lame, whose name was Lazarus, who was wont to sit beside the waste gate of this home that he might share with dogs the refuse from the rich man's boards. It came to pass that Lazarus died, and angels carried him away unto the bosom of our father Abraham. Uh, he, he said that, but our father Abraham? Okay, family line. God's telling me family line. Okay. So this is one of his, someone he knew, or someone in his family line somehow, I guess. And why is there always people named Lazarus? No one has this name now, do they? Maybe. I've never met anyone with that name now. It's not a very popular name. 2,000 years ago, apparently it was all the rage. <laughs> anyway, let's, let's go on. Um, the rich man also died, and he was buried in a costly tomb. But in the purifying fires, he opened up his eyes dissatisfied. He looked and saw the beggar resting peacefully in the bosom of his father Abraham, and in the bitterness of his soul he cried, My father Abraham, look down in mercy on your son. I am tormented in these flames. Okay, God, did he say that? No, Jesus never said that. You don't go to hell for being rich. <laughs> oh, oh man. So he didn't say that either. See, this, this I knew this was going to be a problematic chapter when I read that first thing that just felt off. Um, and the purifying fires, what the hell? He didn't say that. Mm-mm. So it came to pass that Lazarus died. So, okay, God did, he, he said that about the bosom of the father Abraham. Okay, but the rich man died and he's buried in a costly tomb. But God, did he say purifying fires and eyes dissatisfied? No, he didn't say that. So he's buried in a costly tomb. So did he say the rest? He saw the beggar resting with his father Abraham, and in the bitterness of his soul he cried, My father Abraham, look down in mercy on your son. He said that. Send Lazarus, I beseech, that he might give me a sup of water to cool my parched tongue. Did he say that? No, uh uh-uh. Didn't say that at all. Jesus did not say this. This this story is fraught with... um, religious fervor from 19 something from the 1900s. This isn't from the early 19, like 1925 or whatever. I don't know. Or a hundred years ago. I'm sorry. This book is a hundred years old, not 125 years old. This is like written, or I think it was published in 1925. So my father, Abraham looked down. Okay. Um, see, the thing is God is not Abraham. So what is happening right now? Is any of this story real God? No, none of the story is real. But did Jesus say a similar story to this? Father God is saying, yes, he did say a similar story. Um, I'll read this rest of this, but he wasn't in hell for being rich, but he got in trouble. And the thing is, he probably would not have judged himself had he gotten up there. He would have forgiven himself because that's like, literally, if Hitler went to heaven, this guy, there's no way, you know, I mean, it's a parable, but Jesus didn't say half the stuff that's on this parable that they wrote that he said. So, um, um, 
Abraham replied, but Jesus never said that. My son in mortal life, you had the best things on earth. Lazarus had the worst. You would not give him a cup of water there, but drove him from your door. Okay. God, did, did Jesus talk about Abraham being the father? No, he didn't talk about that. That this part makes no sense. Abraham is not the father of all people. I mean, it would make more sense if he said Adam, but that still doesn't make any sense because he's just a man and he can't put people in heaven and and hell. and, And only we, our souls, put ourselves in heaven and hell based on, you know, the pure heartedness that God puts us in that pure love is that we judge ourselves from that pure love. We don't judge ourselves from... You know, we judge ourselves from how close we are to that love or how far away we went to that, away from that love. And we don't sit in, hellscape isn't always just fly, flames and fire either. I know, I've been to hell many, many times to visit people. Some people that I tried to save and I couldn't. And, and as the archangel of death, I go to visit them and I try to see if they're out of their hellscape yet. I, I try to give them love and, and try to get them out of there. As I see how much they're sad, they're, they're really hurting themselves. You know, they don't forgive themselves. The lack of forgiveness, the lack of love is what puts you in hell. Not cause you didn't, you know, you're a shitty, shitty person. If you don't give a cup of water to a beggar who's asking for it or, or for food, give food to somebody who really needs it. You are a shitty ass person if you don't do that, but it doesn't mean you're definitely going to go to hell. I mean, I see the point of the story and I see the point of what Jesus was saying, but I also see the point of all this crap that these people are overlaying on the story to make it more poignant or something, but it, it, it doesn't make any logical sense from the reality of what I know to be heaven and hell and all that and what God has shown me directly. So yeah, this is, this part's problematic guys. <laughs> All right. So, um, so basically Lazarus was begging there and the rich man died. He was buried in a fancy, fancy place, but he felt guilty about it. And he was speaking with God directly. He was speaking with his spirit guide, not Abraham. Maybe his father, Abraham, no. Huh, and God's told me he's a spirit guide. You know, the one that actually you talked to when you first die. So, he, but they didn't have words for that, you know, 100 years ago or 2,000 years ago, but basically a spirit guide. And he's saying, you know, he had a bitterness in his soul and he was upset about it. And he said, did he say, look down and mercy on your son? Yeah, he did. And then he said, um, um, the spirit guide basically told him, look, you had the best things on earth. Lazarus had the worst. You wouldn't even give him a cup of water and you drove him from your door. The law must be filled, fulfilled. Lazarus now is comforted and you're paying what you owe. Did Jesus ever say that? No, he did not. Is that what actually happened in the parable? No, it does not. Did Jesus make up this parable? Yeah, actually none of this shit ever happened. (laughs) He made it up anyway. He's just trying to make a point. But, um, but he never said this anyway. Um, I guess he's trying to get a point, the point across of karma, but, um, 
you know, he didn't see Lazarus enjoying heaven because when you're first in heaven and you first feel that bitterness and you're first feeling guilty about something that you did and you first see it, you see it from their perspective. You don't just see them being comforted and loved by their father like that. None of this makes sense. I feel like did, bro, did brother Yeshua, did you have an understanding of heaven when you sold the story? He says, he's standing, Jesus himself is standing, Yeshua himself is standing right next to me right now. As I'm reading this, he's like, no, I had no clue. I was just making shit up as I went along, basically. That's, he didn't say shit. That's me, Elena, paraphrasing what he just told me right now. See, this is how telephone starts. Jesus doesn't talk like I do, <laughs> but he's like, no, I was, he's like, I was on a roll and I was just trying to make up a story, but half of the things that are in this story as they're telling him or telling us that he said it also, they're adding their own, they're embellishing it for the people of the day for a hundred years ago to try to prove a point. <laughs> so this, this, there's, this is way problematic. All right. This is why this story is taking so long for us to get through. All right, so I'll read the rest of it, but I'm going to ask Jesus if he said it, and I'm going to ask the prime creator if he said it. Besides, there's a great gulf fixed between your zone and us, and if I would not send Lazarus to you, you cannot come up till you have paid your debts. Now, did Jesus, you said that. He says no. Prime creator, did Jesus say that? No. And is this even true? No. Because what happens is when you get there, guys, when you get to heaven, you say you're sorry and then you make another life for yourself in which maybe you're the homeless person and you get to feel the suffering that you inflicted on others or you say you're sorry and they forgive you and everything is about forgiveness you can go to heaven if you didn't give a cup of water to somebody Hitler killed 6 million Jews and guess who's in fucking heaven right now Hitler his only crime being sending people back to heaven earlier than they had planned. And if you don't believe me, read Conversations with God, <clears throat> all of the books by Neil Donald Walsh. And I've talked to God about this myself, having been very upset at hearing Hitler's in heaven, okay? <laughs> it didn't sit right with me for a long last time. But it's the truth. So if Hitler can go to heaven, I'm sorry, if you didn't give beggar man a cup of water, I mean, you're suffering for not alleviating somebody else is going to be payment enough. And when you all get there to heaven, you're going to forgive each other anyway. You're going to forgive yourself anyway. And you might end up coming back or going somewhere where you're going to feel that situation. You're going to feel it from their perspective. And that is payment enough. You don't have to sit in hell in fire for this shit. And here we have 30 minutes. We're only on one chapter. Oh my God. This chapter is so problematic. I can't even. <clears throat> so I'm going to just stop this for a minute and I, I, I'll read it to you guys. I'm going to read it to you guys, but none of this happened. Jesus didn't say it. And that's not how this stuff works at all. <laughs> so besides there's a great gulf fixed between your zone. Okay. Yeah. There's no great, the gulf of the, there is, there are, it's, it's like a zone there. That is true. But the debts that have to be repaid aren't stuff like that. Somebody who is, I don't I can't even go into it right now. Again, the man in anguish said, Oh father, Abraham, I pray send Lazarus back to earth and to my father's house that he might tell my brothers who are yet in life for I have five of them. 
about the horrors of this place, lest they come down and to me and not to you. Abraham replied, they have the words of Moses and the seers. So let them hear them. Did any of this happen? Jesus, Brahm created this. No, 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 no. None of this. None of this. This is just this religious overzealousness shit. <laughs> oh my God. Okay, God, what Prime Creator is telling me is this is when the Salvation Army came up in a big way. And it was very popular back in the early 1900s. And they were very much about saving people's souls. And they were over-religious and overzealous. And the people that were writing this, were they a part of it? No, but they were influenced by that heavily. <laughs> okay. Um, so again, the man in anguish. Um, okay. Um, the man replied, they will not hearken to the written word. <laughs> and if a man would go up from the grave, they might believe. Abraham replied, if they hear not the words of Moses and the seers, then they're not going to be persuaded from that one that was dead. If one that was dead stood in their midst. Did Jesus, did you even say any of this? No. Mm-mm. Peter said, Lord, we have left all of our follow. We have left our all to follow you. What is our reward? Did that actually happen? Yes, that part did. So basically Jesus said it's bare for, you, you know, if, if you, it's hard for a rich man to get into heaven, it's easier for a camel to pass through an eye of a needle. He did say this. And he also said, because if you love money above all other things, you're going to have a hard time. Basically, it's karma. You can go to hell for that. But if you learn about the Christ and you're told about the Christ and then you love the Christ above all else and you put that first, then you're going to be okay, even if you're wealthy. But Jesus had a problem with wealth, but that was his own thing, right? I mean, that's not actually reality, prime creator. No, you could be wealthy and die and still go to heaven. I'm sure there's plenty of wealthy. You know, I mean, Robin Williams is in heaven. He killed himself and he was rich and he's in heaven. He told me, he came to me, I channeled him for you guys three years ago. Art Bell was rich, well, he rich-ish, and he, same thing. He's in heaven, you know, I mean, I've channeled people that are in heaven right now that were rich back in the day when they were here, famous rich people. So I know it's true, plus I've been there and I've seen rich people <laughs> in heaven. It, but, it, but they obviously put the love of God and other people first. All right. Abraham replied, if they hear not the words of Moses, okay, whatever. Um, I already said this. So yeah. Um, Jesus said, most verily I say to you that you who have left all to follow me shall come into a newness of life hid deep with Christ in God. He did say this. Yes, he did say this. And you shall sit with me upon the throne of power and judge with me the tribes of Israel. Did he say that? No, he did not because no one judges anyone else. Oh my effing God with these people. I can't be angry at them because they were a product of their time as much as I am a product of mine, as much as you are a product of the same time as me right now. So are we going to sit upon a throne of power? Did you say that Jesus? No, he never said that either. No one's sitting on no thrones. There's no thrones in heaven. Everyone's freaking equal and no one's going to judge anybody else ever. Only jo- only God can judge me. Even Jesus has said that earlier. So why are these things? Oh my God. So much of this stuff was fucked up. 
And he who conquers carnal self and follows me through Christ shall have a hundredfold of that which is the wealth of life on earth and in the world to come eternal life. Did you say all that? Yes, he did. He said all that. And the thing is, if you put God first, you're going to give, get the riches anyway in this life, in this life. You don't need wealth in heaven anyway. <laughs> you don't need to eat. You don't need to pay a mortgage in heaven. You only need wealth here. That's the whole, it's, it's so dumb. <laughs> oh, that was so problematic. We're done at that chapter. Let's go to chapter 143. Righteousness in rewards. Jesus relates the parable of the husbandmen and the laborers makes known the divine law of divorce, the mystery of marriage. Ooh, well, I'm interested in this one. All right. No, we started a new chapter. We've turned a tide. Let's go. The Lord was standing by the sea. The multitudes were there and one stood forth and said, does God bestow rewards as men bestow rewards for what is done? And Jesus said, men never know what other men have done. This life is such a seeming life. One man may seem to do a mighty work and be adjudged by men as worthy of a great reward. Another man may seem to be a failure in the harvest fields of life and be dishonored in the face of men. Men do not know the hearts of men. God only knows the hearts of men. And when the day is done, he may reward with life the man who fell beneath the burdens of the day and turn away the man who was the idol of the hearts of men. And then he spoke a parable. He said, the kingdom of the soul is like a man who had a vast estate. And in the morning time, he went down to the marketplace to search for men to gather in his grain. So far, everything here is true. What I said for this, for this chapter, thank God they got back on the back on the right horse. All right, here we go. He found three men and he agreed to give each a penny for his service for the day and sent them to his field. Again, he went down to the marketplace the third hour of the day and found five men in waiting. And he said, go down to my field and serve and I will pay you what is right. And they went down and served. He went again. It was the sixth hour of the day. Seven men were waiting at the stand. He sent them to the field to serve. And at the 11th hour, he went again. 12 men stood there in seeming idleness. He said to them, why stand you here in idleness all day? They said, because we have no work to do. No man has hired us. Like, obviously, duh. I'm sorry. I shouldn't have read it like that. <laughs> I mean, it just seems like something that was like someone that'd be standing there bitter all day would say. And Jesus, this story actually happened. He says, no, it was another parable he made up. Okay. <laughs> all right, fine. He makes up parables like I make up parables. Although I tell parables mostly for my own life, but yeah, okay. All right. Uh, <laughs> he says, I didn't have the vast material of you, Elena. Yeah, I know. It's okay. <laughs> I actually like your stuff, honestly, Yeshua. He's standing right here with me. <laughs> He's, he likes my stuff, too. He says I'm really funny. Uh, I'm, thank you. He says, he says you're funny, but I, he's like, I was always serious. Yeah, you were always serious, but that's okay. We teach in different ways for a reason. We ha you know, <laughs> the message gets across nonetheless. <laughs> so, um... And then he sent them to the field to serve. And now when the evening came, the man said to his steward, call the laborers from the field, pay them for their services. All were paid and each received a penny for his hire. Well, boy, inflation is really taking its toll on our world. A penny. Oh my God. And when the 12 was served, but from the 11th hour received each one a penny for his hire, the three were sore aggrieved. They said, 
These 12 have served but one short hour, and now they have an equal share with us who have toiled through the scorching hours of the day. Should we not have at least two pennies for our hire? Yeah, right, or three? That's, I agree with that. The man replied, my friends, I do no wrong to you. Did we not have a fast agreement when you went to work? Have I not paid in full? Why is it unto you if I should pay these men a smaller or larger sum? Take that which is your own and go your own way for... I, now I hear the song, go your own way. All right. I can't sing, but you guys know what I mean. <clears throat> For I will give unto the 12 that I will give unto the three, the five and the seven. They did their best and you could do no more than do your best. The hire of man is based upon the intent of heart. As Jesus taught, a Pharisee came up and said, Lord, is it lawful for a man to put away his wife? Wait, 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 what? Oh my God. This, this night is fraught with danger. I'm telling you guys, I said that in, in a rooster went, ah! in the background. I don't know if you heard it. Oh God. <laughs> oh man. Oh, you just can't make this shit up. All right. <laughs> so I don't understand this parable. We're going to move on. But Jesus said he did say it. God, prime creator, he did say all this. Yeah. Uh, God, did did Jesus say all this about the sum of the pain and the men, the same wage, even though they worked for all day or one hour? Yeah, he did say this. This is all normal. This is was all in the Akashic records. He did say this. It doesn't make a lot of sense. Jesus is telling me I was kind of hot that day. <laughs> he, like his hot in his head, he's showing me it's like a really hot day. He's like, I don't think I was making a lot of sense, but he's he's trying to get the point across that it doesn't matter if someone makes less or more than you. It just matters that you were uh, someone was paid honestly according to the ideas of the man paying them, and someone did the work according to their honest ideas of working and. Some will make more, some will make less, and everybody deserves what they get. And he's also telling me that it's kind of like a kind of a small <clears throat> hint towards karma anyway. You're going to get what you deserve anyway. <clears throat> but it's none of your business what other people are getting or not getting because you don't know the men, the hearts of men, and you don't know. Only God can understand what's going on for real and what the karmic law and balance is for real. That's what Brother Yeshua is telling me right now. So that's that's it. All right, so, Lord, is it lawful for a man to put away his wife? I don't know what that means, guys. So we're going to go on and just read this and see what happens. And Jesus said, you ought to know what says the law. The Pharisee replied, the law provides that man may be divorced, may put away his wife. Oh, I see. When he's done, he's going to put it back on the shelf. Oh, my God. Ah, just the way to put that, put away his wife. Put her back up on the shelf. We don't need that dolly anymore. Oh, my God. That makes me, okay. <clears throat> Product of my time. <laughs> ah, that my feminist dander gets up, okay. <laughs> ah. And Jesus said, the hardness of hearts of men induced the giver of the law to make provisions such as these. But from the first, it was not so. God made a man for a woman for a man and they were one. And afterwards he said, a man shall leave his father and his mother and shall cleave unto his wife. They are no more divided. They are one, one flesh. What God has joined, no man can part. 
Now, when they went up to the house, a man made free to ask again about this matter of divorce. Jesus said again, what to the Pharisee, he said, and then he gave the higher law of marriage life. Whoever puts away his wife, except she be a courtesan and then shall take another wife commits adultery. Oh, what? Uh, Yeshua, really? Oh my God. He's standing here saying, yes, when a man pays a woman for sexual services, that becomes a business and is not a marriage makes does not a marriage make. He said, well, I agree with that, but, and, and I don't sex shame, slut shame, or, you know, sex worker shame anyone. So if you have a wife and then you put her away (laughs) or divorce her, anyone you can't have after that is adultery unless it's a prostitute that you're paying. Okay. I, I, I literally did not know that. Ah, the woman who shall leave a man unless he be a libertine and an adulterer and then becomes the wife of another man commits adultery. Okay. So, so if you marry someone and he's cheating on you and he's a narcissist, basically, I don't know what a libertine means, but then, um, you're allowed to go find another husband. Apparently Thomas asked, and then Thomas asked, what is adultery? And Jesus said, the man who harbors lustful thoughts, who covets any woman, not his wife is an adulterer. The wife who harbors lustful thoughts and covets any man who's not wed to her is not her husband is a courtesan. Oh shit. Well, I guess I'm a prostitute because, <laughs> Ooh, I mean, I'm not married to my twin flame yet. <laughs> Actually, God, I, I, I am technically cause God made us married together, but huh. I mean, so any man I've had a fantasy about, well, wow, that's crazy. Is a courtesan. See that that's not what I think is a courtesan. I think courtesan is a business. Like Jesus just told me as he's standing next to me and told me that God did. Okay. Let me ask God prime creator. Did Jesus say this? No, (gasps) they lied again. Holy shit. They lied again. Would you looky here? They're making up shit left and right for these two chapters. All right, so, mm, and I just had so much hope for it. All right, uh, I'll read to you guys what was said, and then I'm going to tell you the truth of what was reality, what was said. Men cannot make a law to bind two hearts. Did Jesus say this? Yes. So Jesus said, um, when two are bound in love. They have no thought of lust. Did you say this? Yes, exactly. You don't think about, because it's love. Love is, if I incorporate lust on, on occasion, but right, but it's not only lust. The woman cannot leave the man. The man has no desire to send his wife away. Yeah, because love is true when love is true. And when men and women harbor lustful thoughts and covet any other flesh, they're not joined. They are not one because they're not joined by God. See, this is true. Philip said, Lord, are there few that God has joined in holy marriage bonds? Jesus said, so this is true. So did you say this God? I mean, prime creator, did Jesus say when men harbor and when women harbor lustful thoughts and covet other people, they're not joined by you. Yes. Jesus did say this. So some of that other stuff in there 
Am I courtesan for having fantasies about other men? God said no. Did Jesus say that? No, he did not say that, guys. A courtesan is like a prostitute. That's a business. It's like, why would Jesus turn around and slut shame courtesans five minutes later or call people a courtesan when that's a business? No, he didn't say that. He did not. He did not shame anyone about that. I mean, he he himself was known for even dealing with courtesans and like talking to them as if they were a normal part of society because they are. And he got in trouble with by the Brahmins. Remember, in the very beginning when I started reading this book, <laughs> because Jesus loved everybody, a hundred percent, hundo p. All right, so. Oh my God, these, this is like, I'm almost done with this hour and it's just ridiculous. We've only gotten through two chapters. All right. So, um, I want to get through this so that we understand this stuff completely. When two are bound in love, they have no thought. Okay. When men and women harbor lustful thoughts, they're not joined by God. All right. Um, so, and Philip said, Lord, are there few that God has joined in holy marriage bonds? Jesus said, God knows the pure in heart. The lustful men and women are but creatures of the lustful self. Yeah, exactly. And, and they're also being tormented by demons. And Jesus is standing here right now saying, yeah. And also there's demons around them creating that lustful energy. <laughs> because while you're still tempted by lust, because you're still being tempted by the demon, you're not in control of yourself yet. And that's one of the things in this life you have to overcome. And that's what he's telling me right now. That's what Yeshua is telling me right now. So they cannot be at one and they cannot be at one with God. You can't even be one with God if you're just sitting around wanking it all day long. <laughs> you know, and you can't be at one with God if you're fucking a different woman every week or a man every week. You cannot. If you are there, you're not with God. You cannot be. Because you have to understand the energy, guys. It's all about that energy. Ugh. Ugh. All right. Nathaniel said. Is it not well that all men should refrain from taking on themselves the marriage vow? <laughs> Nathaniel, original commitment phobe since 2,000 years ago. <laughs> did he actually say this prime creator? Yeah, he did. And Jesus said, men are not pure because they are unmarried men. The man who lusts is an adulterer if he has a wife or not. Did you say this? Okay, Jesus said this. Prime creator, did he say this? Yes, this is true. He did say this. And then he said to all, some things men know by being told, while other things they know not till the gate of consciousness shall open it up for them. Yes, yes, the gate of consciousness. When you put God first, guides, this is how you start to know this shit. I didn't know about the energy stuff until God showed it to me. That's why I'm telling you guys. I mean, when I meet my twin flame, I'm going to say, I'm going to do egg magic on you and pull out all of the hooks and the binds and the ties and the cords and the bullshit out of your entire body. I'm going to put an egg and run it all over his, his aura, his prana aura, his skin, pulling out that crap from other women and his lust for other women and their lust for him and all that crap. It's negative, weird, murky, horrible energy, and it will bog you down and it will pull the demons to you that will try to tempt you left and right. And you're not going to know from sideways what's happening, let alone be open to a higher gate of consciousness, to the higher gate of God. You're not going to know that 
higher love, you know, bring me a higher love. That song, you know, it's just like that song, bring me a higher love. And, and that's how you do it. You cleanse yourself of all that other energy. And while you're lusting after people, you're not going to have that gate of consciousness opened up to you. God is telling true. Jesus is telling true with this one. So he says, I speak a mystery that now you cannot understand, but you shall someday understand. Did you say this? Prime creator, he said this? Yeah, muscle testing says yes. A eunuch is a man who does not lust. Some men are born eunuchs. Some men are eunuchs by the power of other men and some are eunuchs by the holy breath who makes them free in God through Christ. He who is able to perceive the truth I speak, let him receive. Now, are you suggesting? He says, I'm not suggesting anyone goes and cuts their balls off. I'm not suggesting people become eunuchs. He's just pointing out like when you are a eunuch and you don't have that sexual energy and that lustful energy, that is when you see the truth of the reality of the, of how this stuff works, the energy. And it's true what he says, guys. And I'm going to tell you, I, I've been celibate for over four years. Well, four years now, actually it'll be four years, like next week or something. I know it was like in April, four years ago. Okay. But I know that for four years I've been celibate and for four years I've been observing people around me and I've had conversations and I've observed things in my own body and in my own way. It took me four years to heal almost through, well, three and a half years to heal from the stuff that men had, had given me energetically when I was apparently an adulterer, right? Having sex with people that were not my twin flame. were not the one that God created for me to love and when I was married to my last husband, I, I never lusted after anybody. I mean, I had sexual stuff with him, but it wasn't even lustful. It was a beautiful and it was a pure love, but God still did not join me to him. And, and God saying, Nope, I didn't. He was my soulmate, but he was not my twin flame. And, and that's not the one that I have been cleaved to and the one that I will be with again. You know, God willing and the creeks don't rise. <laughs> Knock on wood. <laughs> so, all right, let me see. God, should I even read the next one now? I'm just going to stop here. Only two. That's it. We'll come back next. We're going to come back next season and read chapter 144. This is the parable of the prodigal son, one of my favorites. My brother, Ransom Scott, actually did a movie that was straight to video a Christian Western based on the prodigal son. It's pretty good. He actually gave me a secret link and I watched it on YouTube and then he like immediately erased it so no one else could watch it. But my brother had a five picture, uh, Warner record or Warner brothers, um, picture deal. So all straight to video, all Christian straight to video, um, stories. And, um, and he did, he does Christian Westerns and he does modern Christian themes as well. My brother's pretty cool. He's really creative. He's a real Christian. He's a real good person. And he's, he, um, you know, loves people and, and, and shows love and compassion in the right way. You know, he doesn't turn away beggars. He's actually gone out of his way for days on end to help people that are homeless. He's a very good man. I love my brother. His name is Ransom. Ransom Hester. 
he's a good, good, good man. Anyway, I wonder what he'd think about all this. <laughs> about all this. He doesn't listen to my show because he's not metaphysical like I am, but <laughs> I think he would agree with me though. And some of the stuff is like, what? That doesn't make any sense. But um, yeah, we're going to just go for now. I'm sorry if this disappointed you. We only got through two chapters, but we did get through them. It, it just the overzealousness of these people. But we're coming back in chapter 144 is what we'll read in three months, you guys. Oh my God. Well, that's it for now. I hope this wasn't too frustrating of a, of a, uh, episode for you. It was a little frustrating for me, but I like that brother Yish was here clearing some stuff up. Is there anything else you want to say about marriage? He says, yes, you are allowed to love. You're allowed to marry, but when men marry someone like, you know, priest or something marries two people together, they're still not married by God. You only have the one true husband or wife. Even if you're both gay and in both men in this lifetime or both women in this lifetime, that's, that's not what he's saying. He's not saying based on gender roles or genders or whatever. He's saying the two souls that were married by God are always married by God. But if that other person is not here, you're allowed to marry or, you know, be comforted in love and learn about a better, higher quality love. And the point about this that he was making was about the lusting. And because that is a lower vibration and does not get you to the kingdom of heaven. It doesn't get you to that God and that Christ center to lead you to the higher gates of consciousness. Once you get to the higher levels of consciousness, you start to see how the energy works and you see how the heaven and the hell ideas work and you put yourself in hell when you are lusting you put yourself in hell because there's a want that you never stop wanting and it pulls you away from the true purpose the primary purpose of getting your butt basically back to god we have all been brought here and given amnesia and to see how fast we're going to get ourselves back to god this is God dividing himself to see how fast he gets back to himself. And so when you, when you chase after money, when you chase after lust, lustful pursuits, <clears throat> when you chase after other things that pull you away from that Christ light within and pulls you away from the God within, that's when it becomes a problem and it pulls you away from that eternal life from which you seek. And if you could reach that while you're alive, you are truly, truly blessed. And he's telling me, I wish for all of you this, for all of the rest of your days, just go towards a Christ light within. Just follow, go towards God. You're going to get the money, the house, the fame, the fortune, whatever you were supposed to have gotten. You will still get it, but follow God first and you'll get it. And then you'll share it with others because God says so. He says, I love you. Well, I love you guys too. That's it. That's all she wrote for now. Or I didn't write any of this. I'm just <laughs> today wasn't one I wrote except for the first half. Anyway, that's it guys. I, um, I love you with all, all my heart and make sure that you love God and the Christ within with all your heart, mind, body, and soul, because that's what this is about. We're trying to get back into union with the one will. 
that's it. Write me at mermaidgirl888 if you want to discuss any of this crazy night. Um, That's it for now. I'm signing off with peace and joy and the high vibes of the Holy Fifth Dimension. Till next time, guys. Peace. guys, I've been making episodes of Metaphysical Soul Speak, the podcast, for a while now, and many of you have contacted me wondering just how you can support me and my podcast. Well, I have two solutions for this question. Number one is to become a listener supporter in which you go to the Anchor app, locate my channel, and sign up anywhere from $0.99 to $9.99 monthly, and you can stop anytime. Or number two is to make a one-time donation of any amount via Zelle, bank to bank, or through PayPal using my email, mermaidgirl888 at gmail.com, also located in the show description. Now with this option, you aren't uh, obligated monthly in any way, and you're also not limited. Thank you all so much in advance for your support. Let's keep metaphysical soul speak on the air and onward and upward to the fifth dimension together, guys. Thank you.